You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. All right, folks, we're live. Thank you for joining us. I'm looking at a old Starbucks cup behind John, and I don't know how long it's been there. Is it full of liquid? Solid. It's solid in the bottom. Oh, my. Oh, my. Do I dare lift the lid? Yes. Last lift the week lid. we talked about flip we the We talked about flip the cup. This is a cup you don't want to flip. I'm not turning this don't cup. Don't turn that cup. Oh. Let's see. Maybe it has a name on it. It could be mine. What's it say? Oh, the f- smell that came out of that oh. after I that lid. I'm talking about Dairy Solid in the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? Dairy Solid. Dairy Solid it's is. It's got no name on it, though. No, it's nameless. It is a nameless Starbucks cup. If you happen to be volunteering at New Creation Church and you happen to be in the upper room, this might be your cup. We're going to go. I'm slightly distracted from the (laughs) fragrance that's now filling the room. We need to. (coughs) I smell it now. Praise God. We will persevere. We will continue. How's that for an intro, everybody? Just be glad that you don't have. I'm going to go ahead and take a sniff of my water. Smell coming through your speakers because that was rough. Man. That but speaking help. of cups, you referenced a cup. Last yes. week we w- did a episode on repentance, called it Turn the Cup. I really appreciated the great analogies you came up with that, man. That was Thanks. great. Always had the cup sealed off to the table. But the real core point is our natural disposition towards God is mm-hmm. closed. Closed. It's upside down. That we have a purpose and we're not even able to fulfill that yeah. purpose until we experience repentance. You need to access grace to get Sorry, over I'm the smell, man. You know what? Pastor Marshall Townsley, when he, when he was here, he was talking about how God turning things upside down. And he said, actually, the proper way to look at that is our worldview is already upside down and God's turning it right side up. Exactly. So Anyways. we need to allow him to do that for us so yes. he can fill us up so that we can pour out to people, fulfill our purpose in these last days. Amen. And let's just go over repentance. What is your definition of repentance? The Bible's definition of repentance, anything on repentance. There's a few definitions of repentance, but I like to think of it as a change in thinking and a change of direction. Change of thinking and a change of direction, yeah. I said it's an inward decision that affects your external behavior and your eternal reality. Yes, that's the amplified definition. That's the John Piccinati translation. There you go. Uh, But yes, it's something that is not necessarily dependent upon emotion. You can't necessarily can include emotion. It can. It doesn't disqualify you if you have emotion. A lot of times emotion tags along with it, but you can't determine repentance by only emotional right. metrics. Those come and go. And if you feel bad in one moment and 10 minutes later, the scenario, you know, you change your environment, and you don't feel bad about that thing anymore. And you try to repent because of that emotion. That's truly not a mind and heart decision. It was just an emotional you compared it to what Reaction. you shared on commitment. Can you just yeah. share that phrase again? Because I think it's really good for us to keep in the yeah. forefront of our mind. Because daily, to live a life of love, you need to have yeah. this in your heart. Commitment is sticking with the decision you made long after the mood you made it in has left. That's true. And commitment is proven over a span of time. Yes. And I think repentance really is as well. We can The quest see- of qu- commitment. 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be real, yeah, it's lifelong. Next podcast. That's I'm just kidding. Actually, next podcast, we have an yeah. awesome guest who's going to share on faith. Yeah. And you go, well, Excited is there that. really a flow with these things? You're going from repentance to faith? Well, we mentioned how 
the foundational doctrines of the church are lined out in Hebrews 6. The first one being repentance from dead works to faith towards God. The next step after repentance is faith. We're having someone who's coming in who radically repented, had a change of heart, is going to share some things on faith. It's going to be great next week. So I just wanted to present another thought on repentance and a group of people that Jesus didn't seem real gracious towards. Jesus is full of grace and truth. But if I had to say any group he was kind of hard on. Do you want me to guess? Why not? His own disciples? That wasn't what I was going to go. I was going to say Pharisees. Oh, yes, he was. But I thought like he was also hard on his own disciples. But even more so the Pharisees. If I had to choose, hands down Pharisees. (laughs) And maybe the Sadducees, The Sadducees, you know. (laughs) They were the saddest people in the Bible. You know that, right? Yeah, they're sad, you see. They were very sad, you see. Ah, classic joke. You can tell that one to anyone. It's clean. It's a clean joke. Anyone who understands what a Sadducee is. That's true. Which Which (laughs) I'm believing in faith that those that are here in this podcast know about the Sadducees. I honestly... Vulnerability moment. I need to freshen up what the difference between a Sadducee and a Pharisee uh, is. That's the ranking, I guess. I think one of them believed in Ooh, you resurrection. Know what? Resurrection. Yeah, you're right. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was you who told me that. that... Well, I'm glad I brought that to you. I have forgotten the information I yeah. shared with you. Moving on. He was kind of hard <laughs> on them and the disciples. Why? Because I believe they knew enough to where he could call them out to right. be accountable for what they knew. Right. Is that fair? Yeah. You're like totally No, I totally agree, 100%. So here's one of those times where Jesus kind of came right to the jugular with the Pharisees. We find it in Matthew 15, uh, 7 through 8. He said, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Say it again. I'm going to read the whole scripture. Okay, yeah, read it again. Let the word speak to you and to me as we read it. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That is harsh. Repentance is a turn, a 180 degree turn. Another thing I can't get into, but a lot of us spin. We just turn and turn and turn, but it's turning from one thing to another. And for us, repentance is really turning from sin from our own desires, from selfishness to God, yeah. to love, to the word of God. It's a 180 degree turn. But something, this is my premise for this podcast, twisting is not turning. And yeah. what I see with the Pharisees here is that Jesus says, these people honor me with their lips, which mean their lips are turned towards him, are oriented towards God, yeah. but their hearts are far from me. So what we have is lips going one direction, heart going another direction. Mm. That's not turning. That's twisting. That's twisting. I'm and just reminded of a story, my, my own personal story, being in, in church when I was a little kid and we used to sing this song. can't remember the name of the song, but it had actions to it and the whole church would sing, You have turned my morning into dancing. You have turned, but we do a 360 and I remember thinking like, man, we're still, we're still in the same spot here. So... <laughs> You gotta you you gotta go in in half increments, either one eighty or five forty, right? Oh or a nine hundred. Okay. Sometimes you gotta go all the way around. God says, "Go count again." Keep going. You gotta dip in the water seven times. You gotta spin. Yeah. That's just funny. That is you, funny, but it's true. We got it, and it's a whole different view. You're looking yeah. at something completely different. When I taught this to the youth students, as a picture example, they I had them all stand up and look at me, and I like, turn. And I'm like, the whole wall looks different. The scene mm-hmm. looks different. 
everything's different about this. Nothing looks the same. And I believe God's heart, I'm getting a little off topic though, is if we really turn around, the things that we used to look at just grows dim. Your memory of them will cease because you're not looking at it. For example, if you looked at a wall and it had a saying on it, you turn to look at the other wall. After a while, you wouldn't remember what that other wall yeah. said because you had turned. But these Pharisees weren't turning. They were twisting. twisting. Uh, and when I was reading this, I got the idea of Stretch Armstrong. Come on. Come on classic. I think it was he's in the 70s, 80s. I don't know when that thing came out. Before my time. But he's still around. Stretch is still here. Stretch. And his arms are still strong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stretch. Stretch Armstrong. Hence the name. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought of Stretch Armstrong because you can definitely stretch his arms around. But another thing you can do is you can like hold his legs and just turn him in a knot, mm -hmm. you know, and the legs just go around and around. Yeah. You can do a lot of things with him. And I believe a lot of us, when we're living this life where part of us is oriented to God, some of us isn't, we're twisted up. We can be like Stretch Armstrong, stretch Armstrong. but I'm giving him another name today. I'm talking about his cousin, Mr. Twist, and not Oliver Twist. Okay. Mr. Twist. Please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> exactly. So what did I notice about Mr. Twist that maybe we deal with when we're twisting and not turning? First thing, looks good from the outside. Listen, if I had the physique of Stretch Armstrong or his cousin, Mr. Twist, I'd be very happy. Uh, they normally don't wear a whole lot of clothing. He's kind of in a physique yeah, competition Chinook. everywhere he goes. And the classic Stretch Armstrong had like nice blonde hair too. He just was he looking good. good. And yeah. I realize that when I'm twisted, when I'm not fully committed to God, that's the standard. Am I looking good? Mm. Again, Pharisees, my lips, I'm saying the right thing. I don't care what's going on yeah. in my heart. It's good on the outside. You know, and from a bodybuilding perspective, the pose that makes you look the best and makes you look the thinnest is actually you stand sideways to the judges oh, and you on. twist. And that way your upper body looks really big, but your waist looks thinner because you're only showing them the side of your waist. So it's actually very deceiving. So it looks the best, but it's twisted up. It's not accurate. Right. There you go. Pastor Mark has said this, and I think it comes into play. <laughs> and I may have mentioned this in the podcast before, but I really believe a lot of us need to grow in this. And the statement is this, that we're really living far below our Christian benefits and what Jesus paid for when our life boils down to, at least I'm not as bad as that other guy. We look at the external realities of somebody else and we go, at least I'm not as bad as that person. We live in comparison. Paul said it's not wise. I think he was going light on the subject. Yeah. I actually think it's evil. It is evil. It's a comparison. You, you brought that to my life and I was like, wow, that's cool. Comparison. <laughs> uh, that's the really sin of comparison. the sin of sin. comparison, but we need to go deeper. I remember when I was going through something in my life, I was actually at a conference and there was an altar call for something that people were dealing with. And some men came forward and I came forward and I was bawling. And it was a cool moment because it wasn't just an altar call where you came forward. He called people who didn't answer the altar call, but who wanted to help the people who were in the front that had relationship with them to stand right behind the person. And after the person had repented and a lot of them were crying, he's like, turn around and look at the people who are willing to help you walk through this. So first off, that's embarrassing. It's first like, can we just keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed if we're dealing <laughs> slip with up anything? up a finger, just that little heads you up. Call me up. forward, that's one thing. Now you're calling other people to yeah. look up, come forward and stand behind me to help me accountable and to walk through it. And I just felt small at this conference. Like, man, really, I did that? But this statement came to me on the inside. He said, John, 
the gospel's real, and I need a real vessel to bring it to people. The gospel's real, and I need a real person to bring it through. So we need to get real. We need to get real with our faith. We need to get real with our life. And a sign, if we're twisted, is we aren't getting real. We're just being satisfied with looking good from the outside. Mm. Number two, I noticed that Stretch Armstrong, his cousin, Mr. Twist, they both can't stand by themselves. So what I wanted to do when I taught this to the youth, I actually had a Stretch Armstrong that I called Mr. Twist, and I glued his feet to a board. And I was hoping I could just hold the board and he would stand up. No. No. He fell right down automatically. Like, he this had is gonna weak make, ankles. This is going to make it hard. And the substance on the inside <laughs> is just goop. He looks good from the outside, but he's just goof, and he had weak ankles. Good joke. <laughs> I think in Emperor's New Groove, and he's like, I, I was like, what do I know you from? Dance class? I always stood in the back because I had weak ankles. <laughs> Go ahead. Classic. <laughs> my point right. being. Can't stand on himself. Yeah, my point is this. Think about it. When you're not fully committing to God, if you're in the right environment, the right people around you, the right structures, you can live for God. But integrity is what? It's when you're alone, when you're by yourself, what do you do? Do you live for right. God or do you live for not? I've heard integrity or your character, yeah. sometimes those are synonymous. That's who you are when no one's watching, and that's who you really are. Right. That's the whole balance or the, the um, contrast between character and reputation and reputation is how other people perceive you and that's what we really care about how do i look to that person but character if you're really and i think we talked about this a long time ago in a podcast if you're more concerned with your character it is your reputation will be taken care of because the real you is going to be in private and in public um so stop being so concerned about reputation if it's not directly tied to your what your character is behind closed doors exactly so do not get me wrong. I think we need community. I need people to help bear me up. But the purpose of that is so that when they aren't there, I can sustain it. We come together as a group so we get built up so we can leave the group to be who God's called us to be individually in a lost and hurting world. We come together as lights to charge our light in the sun of who he is to get charged to go out. But Mr. Twist, man, if I'm not holding him up, he falls right down. So I've had times in my life where I can put on a show. Again, part of the reason why I'm doing well when people hold me up is I want to prove to them that I am what I am. But there's this friction on the inside of, man, am I just faking this thing? Now, let me tell you, part of your victory is realizing who you are in Christ even before it exercises itself in your actions. Yeah. So you may not be living it. You may be falling it. The first step is people coming around and reminding you of who you are in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in mm -hmm. Christ. There is no condemnation to those who walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. All things have been made new. He's equipped you with his spirit. He's cleansed you by his blood. That's part of the bringing up. So when you go away from that, don't fall into the shame and guilt, but stand in what has been provided for you. And you had mentioned this. I'm just going to go a little bit back, but I think it has to go with reputation. Mm -hmm. I learned this from a book that I read about being a man. And he said, a lot of times men work on their resume virtues. Mm. So there's two different types of virtues. There's resume virtues and there's eulogy virtues. And they're completely different. Mm -hmm. So resume virtues are where you went to school, your accomplishments, 
what you bring to the table. And as men, we are like, yeah, we want that. But he said, imagine if somebody read a resume (laughs) at a funeral, how disappointing that would be. And he said, guys, I'm not telling you not to work on your resume virtues, but put the right proper value on the eulogy virtues. That's what you want people to remember you for. Are we devoting that to it? And if we devote to those eulogy virtues, this is who I am, you'll be able to stand by yourself. Part of that comes from turning first in your mind through repentance. So first one, looks good from the outside. Secondly, Mr. Twist can't stand by himself. And third, he always returns to where his feet are pointed and falls. So what I would do with Mr. Twist, yeah, he couldn't stand by himself. So I did to Mr. Twist what I had already envisioned in my mind. I glued his feet to the wood. I took him and I twisted him up. I didn't stretch him. I twisted him up so he was twisted. I let go of his body. He would spin back to his normal situation Mm -hmm. and then fall right down. And again, I've been there. I've been to where I think I'm fooling other people. I think I'm fooling myself and I'm twisted. I'm looking in the right direction. But when difficulty comes, when some time has passed, when I'm grown laxed, I return right to where I was and I fall for the same thing I was falling for before. It's a sign, maybe, that we're twisting and not turning, that we aren't fully repenting. We don't want to be Mr. Twist. We want to be who God's called us to be. Uh, I had this I had this picture in my head of, I mean, it'll relate somehow. I'll make it relate. Um, but like a duck, you know, looks graceful on top of the water, but underneath the water, their legs are like, kicking like crazy and i was just thinking about like when people are looking at you they're looking at your head right they're not necessarily looking at your feet and so we're really concerned about you know this part of us the part that people look at our face so does this make sense like it's almost like it does the part of you that's underwater is the part that's not seen but that's the part that's your foundation it's 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 where like if your feet are pointed that way that's what really matters but um Ooh, I got to make this work. I got to make this work. May I, I just, give yeah. you a reprieve to start make sharing some stuff? There's a guy that I've gotten a lot of out of, and he talks about spiritual formation yeah. and being emotionally healthy mm. spiritually. And what he puts on the cover of his book is an iceberg. And yeah. he said what most Christians deal yes. with are the 10% above the water, mm-hmm. but what God really cares about are the 90% under the water. And that's the deep things that truly form who you are. What you're saying is what's going on underneath the water, the moving of the legs, the development right. underneath is so much more important than what's visibly right. seen on top. Right. And yeah, unless you're, this should be from a man's perspective, I don't really care as much about what my feet look like is because people aren't really looking at my feet and they're covered by shoes. I care more about my face and the things that people are going to be, be looking at. But my foundation is in my feet. Can I bring it back to the word? Yes. I think that's a great idea. I don't have chapter and verse, but I know that Jesus brought another sledgehammer of a statement to the Pharisees when Mm -hmm. he said, you're like whitewashed tombs. You look great from the outside, but inside you're full of death. Why were the Pharisees doing that? Because they were satisfied with it looking good on the outside, not having it right on the inside. Yep. Yep. So here's some questions. I know we've been hitting hard, but listen, we're still J&J. We're still fun. (laughs) We're having a good time on this podcast, but we're taking 2023 seriously. Here's some questions to ask yourself to see if you're living like Mr. Twist. First off, am I worried more about what I look like rather than what I live like? It's hard. Say law moments on all Mm -hmm. these. Number two, am I able to stand up for what is right even if I am alone in doing so? 
Uh, there's an old Aaron Tippin song who used to be a classic 90s country singer. And it's from an older statement than he wrote. But the statement is, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for fall anything. For anything. You got to be your own man, not just a puppet on a string. That's how it's the good. song goes. It's good. So you're like, wait, I thought I was living for God. Right, right. But our life is formed and you can start getting like a puppet on a string with your emotions, with your sinful nature. It takes that first decision to repent. And as you turn, I believe you get structure on the inside. You said this a couple podcasts that the house doesn't crumble when the bones are good like the song. Yeah. You get some bones to your life mm-hmm. when you repent. You get a structure. It takes some grit of mind to say, I'm going to repent. And when you do that, there's like this mm-hmm. comes together on the inside. You start to stand. And then third, here's the last question. What do I return to and what do I fall for? So if you're like, man, have I repented? Start looking at what God's word says to do and look at where you're sinning. And I'm saying that straight up. But sinning is missing the mark. Right. Now, there's going to be numerous areas because we're developing. Maybe not. I shouldn't say that. We're called to be righteous. Maybe <laughs> some of you are killing it. But I know for me, <laughs> if you're like, where do I need to repent? Where do I need to not be like Mr. Twist and be more right. like Christ? Look to what you return to and what are you falling for and go, that's where I need to devote 180 degree turn to Christ and what his word says mm. about me. You know, I'm thinking about my firstborn child. Um, and when she was a baby, she really only slept on one side. She liked that side. And over time, uh, her muscles and, 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 uh, structure, everything was kind of developing around that sleeping pattern to the point where she'd be sitting at the table. And if someone was behind her, we'd go like, hey, Charlotte, look, she would only turn to one side. And she kept turning to that side and it was putting a lot of unnecessary stress wow. on her spine. And her muscles and everything were developing around that movement to where it was painful for her to turn the other way until we started going to the chiropractor and he got her kind of adjusted to the point where she could start turning her head the other way. But just thinking about when you're always twisting like that, it's putting a lot of unnecessary stress, stress and pressure on your spine. I'm just thinking about that when you are so concerned with how you look or you, you, you have your feet planted one way, but you're twisting to make it look like you're, you're doing the right thing. You're putting pressure on the structure, on the foundation and over time, that's going to cause major problems. And so just thinking, spiritually speaking, you know, your foundation is your faith. It's it's your beliefs. And when you are constantly choosing to not repent and twist to make it appear like you're repenting, that foundation of faith is going to have some structural issues over time. Yeah. What I got out of what you just said is your daughter was in a season of development. Right. She's growing. So her life started to conform yes. and orientate towards her twisting and because of her twisting. Yes. Her life would have been governed by the fact that she was sleeping and twisting in that way. Mm-hmm. And a chiropractor had to come in and reorientate her to the Absolutely. way she was called to be. Our life will be orientated to what we're faking about, to mm. what we're giving into, instead of orientated directly in alignment with the word of God. That That's is it. heavy, man. Thank you. Great revelation you yeah. brought in. And I'm done. <laughs> Don't hey. be like Mr. Twist. Be like Christ. Be like Christ. Those are great points. I think we need to read the questions one more time. Okay. I'll read them. First off, am I worried more about what I look like rather than what I live like? 
Number two, am I able to stand up for what is right even if I am alone in doing so? And number three, what do I return to and what do I fall for? Yeah, amen. And I was just thinking about point number two, am I able to stand up for what is right even when I'm alone in doing so? We gain a lot of support from other people. Um, and sometimes it's easy to fall back on those people, even if it's the wrong thing. That's why so many people go with the majority because there's a multitude of people behind them to support that decision, right? I can fall back upon that, not really stand for anything because there's a bunch of people who are going this way. And I'm just thinking if you, I can't remember who said it. I've said it in a podcast before. One man with a conviction is the majority. And just thinking about if you're, if you're the only person standing for what's right, you're like, where's my support group? Well, God right? The truth, that's your support group. And thinking about it, you make that decision to make that hard, that hard choice and stand for that, even if you're alone, God is going to support you and God's going to have your back. God's going to be, you know, I just think of the analogy, not, it's not an analogy, it's the story of Aaron and her lifting up Moses's arms, right? He was standing up there seemingly alone, but those two guys came and supported him. Holy Spirit's going to support you. And you may go, what are you talking about? I don't need to stand alone. I go to church. There's believers, John. You're misrepresenting what is reality. But here's where I'm coming from. That's why we need to value church. Because when you come here, you're not alone. You do get built up. If you engage with the community around you, you get built up on the inside. But the question is, what for? I believe it's to go to places God might put you where you're the only believer around. Why? Because darkness is covering the earth and deep darkness the people but the glory of God and the light has arisen upon you yeah. and he wants to put you in that situation and have you be the only person so the light shines brightest. Right. That's why we got to take the time that we come to church to get built up right. so that we can be prepared because God's going to position you to be a light. Yeah. I have a mini Aussie and yesterday that mini Aussie threw up twice and both times that dog lapped up its own vomit. Ah! And I'm just thinking about the Proverbs that says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so does a fool return to his folly. Man. Yes, sir. And that the, the crazy thing is, is the reason why my Aussie threw up the second time is because it ate its own vomit the first time. This is why I know cats do fur balls, but sometimes, <laughs> man, that's way better than that stuff. Bro. And I watch that dog and I go, are you kidding me? And I'm it was in it. She you. threw up in a snowstorm. Which is even worse. Oh, no. you, I was like, I ain't going out there. And I just watched her eat her own vomit out of the snow. And then she came inside and threw up again. And I'm like, you know, the reason why you threw up that second time is because you ate your vomit again. And we don't understand the cycle, right? What do I keep returning to? And why do I keep falling? Well, it's that same sin. It's like eating vomit again. And that vomit's going to cause you, uh, it's not going to be like, oh, that was good. All right, let's move on with my day. It's going to cause you to reject it, your body to reject it and throw it back up. So there's a lot of wisdom, you guys, if you didn't know that, in the Bible, especially in Proverbs. Praise God, the book of wisdom from the wisest man. Yeah. I don't remember where it's at in Proverbs, but um, that's not the most important thing, knowing that it's in there. Agreed. I'm at a good spot. Are you at a good spot? I'm at a great spot. Let's do wisdom of the day. Yeah. I can start off. For me, the wisdom of the day really is a genuineness, and that's the word. And that comes from the first point, looking at Mr. Twist from the outside, great physique, tan, like to be that guy. But it's external, it's not internal. And going back to the prayers of Paul, which we just got through, Philippians 1 says that uh, God's love would abound in us more and more in all knowledge and discernment that we may be sincere and without offense. 
believe there's a sincerity when you deal with what's under the water, the majority of the iceberg, what God's doing on the inside. He desires transformation, which comes from the inside. Confirmation, conformation, comes from the outside affecting what's on the inside. So being sincere, being genuine, and repenting. Yeah, mine goes along that as well with the iceberg analogy. Just the things that are not seen is what gives the the entire thing integrity, right? To wow. stand. Yes. So being concerned with what people see is is vanity. It's temporary. It's it's you're only deceiving yourself because that's not dealing with the integrity of the subject. So making sure that you are prioritizing the things that are not seen because it makes the things that are seen able to stand. Amen. Yep. Awesome. I'll pray us out. Okay. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for helping us orientate our life towards you. And I know for this year to be different, something's got to change. And it's not you. For you are the Lord God. You do not change. And you are the stability that we can anchor ourselves to. And not just twist, but fully pick up our feet and turn towards you. Spirit, soul, and body looking towards you, growing with you. Father God, I thank you that you'll help us with that. I thank you for those that listen. I pray that they'd be blessed. I thank you that you surround them with favor, even as a shield, and you're taking care of us. And the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank We're we're so thankful every single week. You know, we re- repeat the, well, thanks for tuning in. And but really, like, we would not have a podcast if there was no one listening to it. So we're so thankful for you guys. So share it. Um, leave a review. That would help us. We love you guys. Get ready for next week and our guest. Yeah, it'll be great. All right.